Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Thursday episode of the show. And we are brought to you by Bet Online, who would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march through the playoffs. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year, and they have a newly updated website. So head on over, sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B-L-E-A-V. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, and Bet Online is where the game starts. Kyle, happy Thursday to you. Happy Thursday. When's the last time we had... Uh guests on consecutive episodes of the draft dudes podcast well uh chris as the producer should just have that information yeah uh i have no idea no idea i I feel like it's been a hot sec and uh we got a great guest today just like we had a great guest yesterday other side of the ball though yesterday offense had its time in the sun we had jordan palmer on talking about quarterback development and the guys that he's working with But we're on the defensive side of the ball. And not only that, we have a prospect from the 2022 NFL draft and not just a prospect, a first round grade amongst the TDN scouting staff at this point in time. The last time we did a TDN 100 update and we've got another update coming next week. Spoiler alert. uh, This guy was in the top 20 Auburn cornerback. Roger McCreary joins draft dudes today. Excited to pick his brain a little bit. And without further ado, let, let, let's not waste any more time. Let's get down to the good stuff, and let, let's go ahead and bring in Roger. We're joined now by Auburn quarterback Roger McCrary, one of the best corners in the country, a first-team all-SEC selection, and we are honored to have you here on the Draft Dudes podcast. Roger, thanks so much for carving out some time for us today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm very excited to be here. Well, i got to be honest with you. I'm really excited about asking you this first question because – did a little research in preparation for our conversation today, and I stumbled across your pregame meal tradition of two full plates of baked beans every Friday night before the game. So I got to learn more about this tradition, and I also need your recipe because I've been looking for a good baked beans recipe. Well, growing up, um, I love like I just love beans. Period. I'm um, growing up that way. My grandma always made me like ribs, macaroni, and beans. And it's just something about beans that, that just stick to me growing up. Um, one thing about it that people don't like that I do with my baked beans is that I put sugar in it. I put, like, tons of sugar in it. Like, every time when I'm done. My every first spoonful? Spoon, <laughs> well, no, it's more than a, a spoonful. Like, I'll pour. Oh, like, the whole beans going to cover up with sugar the whole time. <laughs> I just miss it up. People look at me like I'm crazy, but that's so crazy that it's so good. But people never tried it, though. So I feel like a lot of people should try that. So let me, uh, this, this might be the most important question I ask any draft prospect this winter. Uh, are you a homemade beans guy? You know, when you were by yourself, you, you like bushes, you know, what, how do you get by on beans? What's your beans of choice 
if you had to choose one for your pregame stuff? Um, it didn't. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. It was bush beans, pork and beans, uh, you know, like just brown beans to me. It's, it's good to me as long as I put sugar in it. It's gonna be great to me. So I, I didn't care really. Well, Roger, I want you to know you're amongst friends, oh. your own draft dudes. So I wanted to hope you don't mind. I'm going to indulge in this while I ask you this, this first question that I do have for you. Um, Maybe you want to eat something. <laughs> you toss some sugar in there, Kyle. You're, you I, did, I did sprinkle a little bit on top, but it doesn't sound like it's enough to meet Roger's no, quota. So I might have to go back not. to the cover when Joe asks his next question. But uh, Roger, I was hoping you could touch a little bit on the relationship that you have with your mom. Felicia, I, I read up on your story a little bit, getting ready to, to talk to you tonight. And uh, you said you didn't really talk to your mom all that much during your freshman season at Auburn because she wanted you to be your own man and you wanted to make her proud. What did it mean to you to show her that you were ready for the opportunities that Auburn had awaiting for you when you got on campus? Um, growing up, me and my mom, relationship was always close. Um, growing up with a single mother, uh, she was always there for me, uh, taking me to presents and all that stuff. She always been strong for me and my little sister. So, like, um, I always been a mama's boy. So, when I first got to college my freshman year, I wanted to be my own man. I went to step away from mom. She let me handle, my, like, my business, and she wanted me to be focused. Um, I feel like throughout my college career, I feel like I did great with that. And she felt like that. She, like, Auburn was the best plan for me. So, she was just happy that I followed this path who going with Auburn, and she's just happy for me. So, Roger, I promise you I'll ask you a football question, but I, I know you're a mobile, mobile, excuse me, mobile native. What's the best barbecue in Mobile? The best barbecue? Roger's Barbecue. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, have to it's try great. that one out next time we're down there. Yeah. Which is well, I mean, we're, we're going to see Roger there not too long from now. So that's yeah, it's perfect. Great. It's great. <laughs> so, so, Roger, uh, a football question for you here. I know that cornerbacks – they come with a variety of skill sets that translate differently to the NFL. And so when you consider your game, your skill set, is there a particular coverage technique that suits you best or that you like to, uh, to play the most? Um, I love playing man coverage. Um, I like to get out of receiver space. I don't like, I mean, I love, I'll play off. I love playing off on this last season. My first time playing off, and it was great for me, but like my first three years, it was all about man coverage. Like, I like to get in receiver face. I don't want him to do no free releases. I want to interrupt him the whole way. And with that, I feel like they just made me better with my feet, my hands, and everything. And I feel like that's what I look forward to playing the most, both in man. You know, it don't matter to me. I'll play both. So let me ask you this about playing man coverage. I hear a lot about sequencing and how important it is to have your feet and hands working together in the right sequencing. Maybe you could explain to us just a little bit more about why sequencing is so impress, important in press coverage and maybe some of uh, your mental approach if you're going to jam a, a receiver at the line of scrimmage? Uh, with man coverage, to me, um, it's, it's really all about, like, you can't go nowhere with your feet. Feet and eyes, that was really main about. Depending on the cornerback, you can be physical. You don't have to use your hands. Um, with me, sometimes I use my hands, sometimes I use my feet the most. And I feel like with that, it's all about your, your eyes and your feet. The eyes got to be at the right spot or the receiver on releases. The feet, they got, you got to have quick feet to be a good man coverage. And I feel like that's what I'm great at with, like, like with this year draft class, I feel like I'm the best at that with quick feet and man coverage. So, and, and what I find really impressive about this, Roger, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but you played receiver and safety in high school, right? Like, you didn't even play corner until you got to Auburn. Is that correct? Sure. So, tell us a little bit about that transition that you undertook when you got to Auburn and who some of the influences 
were on you, whether they were former teammates or coaches that kind of really helped leave that impression for you and kind of help build that foundation for playing the cornerback position and being a guy who really thrives in being on an Island and playing in guys' faces like that. Um, in high school, when we playing receiver and safety, um, I just receiver. All I just did was go ball because I was so fast. So I just ran past you, did go ball. Safety, I just scanned the field. I just read off the quarterback and just catch picks. Um, when I got to at the next level in college, it was a whole lot different. So I had to approach cornerback a whole different like way. I had to look at it different. It wasn't just all about speed because everybody had speed in college. So I had to like deep, deep, think more deeper into it. I had to like be more technique. I had to beats and everything. Um, with my um, like my players, on um, people that I grew up with, when we played against with Dean and Noah. I feel like they helped me with that. My resources around me, like as a receiver coach, I'll ask them like, what do I need to improve at cornerback? And like everybody just gave me their little like advice on it, and I just took little bits and stuff, and I just practiced on it week by week, day by day. I just practiced on it little small things, and overall, it became big for me as a cornerback. So, Roger, you mentioned playing safety in high school, just reading the backfield, making plays on the ball left and right. Now, you made that transition to corner, but you still got your your hands on a lot of football, uh, a lot of footballs down there at Auburn. So um, I know that your ball production kind of speaks for itself, but maybe talk about that transition from safety to corner and how much different it is uh, making plays on the ball in the air and how you were able to be so productive doing so uh, at Auburn. Um, with that, um, safety and corner, um, well, with me, when I got a lot of pass deflections, um, it was really like second nature with me with the receive stuff. I know I didn't get that much that that's much that much piss, but like with the deflection, I feel like I was like very confident with that. Um, with that, I felt like it was great for me to like that. It's good for me that I get to play safety in high school, so I can see like how it goes and like what safety reads. Corner, you got to think about where your hips going to be at and all that stuff. So I feel like that, like I had the mindset of a safety and a cornerback. And, and I can play nickel, too, so that's what my coach had put me in to play nickel. And I felt like playing those three positions that helped me out and improved me as a cornerback. So you, you talked about the versatility and the ways in which you, you've played in the secondary, but you've also played a lot of different kinds of guys, you know, whether it was the Penn State game against a really quick-footed guy and Jahan Dotson, who's got a lot of agility, or uh, any of the Alabama guys that you faced over the years, and uh, Jamar Chase at LSU in 2019. So – was hoping you could maybe share some insight on, on how you handle in your game preparation, building up to knowing you've got a different kind of guy that you're you're going to be going against on game week. You know, what's that mentality like going into a game knowing, hey, my feet got to be really in line because he's going to test my agility or, hey, I got to make sure I'm really on point at the line of scrimmage because if I'm not, he's going to bully me early in the route. Um, with that, I feel like cornerback, you always got to like study your opponent. And that's why I did every week. I never played the same dude with the same technique. Depending on like his like best like the best thing he did, if he was big, if he was faster, I can like play off different. If he's a quick guy, I want to try to get more physical at the line because he's so quick. So I got to match feet against feet. If it's a big guy, he can be a little slow, so I can like easily by time and I like put force and pressure on him and be physical with the line. So with that, I feel like SEC prepared me so much like for the NFL because I play against all types of receivers. And I felt like it was great for me, get, especially going against great quarterbacks, too, that throw the ball right at the right time and everything. I felt like it was great. So I feel like I feel like I'm ready for the next level to play against big, quick, short, fast, and strong. It don't matter what. So, Roger, one of the things that we like to talk about with our own staff when we're talking corners is tackling. And um, we know that the primary function of a corner is to 
cover and make plays in the passing game. But I'm interested, what's your mindset when it comes to tackling and getting involved in, in run support? Um, with that, I feel like with me as a cornerback, I feel like I'm not scared of, t- uh, of pressure. Like the running backs come back, I'm not scared. I made, I, I made like a lot of tackles this year. I made like 50-some tackles. I'm not scared to make contact at all. And on the team, I'm really the best cornerback at the tackling. So I mostly played the boundary because that's where all the running is going to. So I feel like with that, it's just like it's just come with pressure. I feel like I'm not scared of you. I'm going to go up and tackle you. So that's my mindset every time I go against a running back when you run to the edge. So Joe mentioned we we have our own you know, scouting group that we have and get together and uh, we divide and conquer in season. And I, I primarily watch the Big Ten. So I watched you guys play against Penn State in season and I came away from that game. I'm like, damn, this McCurry cat can really ball. And then I got a chance to watch the Alabama game on TV and then followed it up and, and watched the game tape of it. And that contest really popped to me. You had mentioned you spent some time in the nickel, you playing inside playing impress on the outside, playing off and, and mixing and matching coverages, whether you're carrying Jamison Williams across the middle on an over route or you're, you're undercutting uh, John Mechie and getting a pass breakup in that contest or uh, playing balls vertical down the field and, and fades uh, from the slot. How exciting was it for you going into that game, knowing that this was you know, the final chapter in your career at Auburn to go out and face two guys, and I know Jamison was ejected from the game uh, at one point, but to face two guys who were widely considered to be top wide receiver prospects and use that as an opportunity for you to let your game speak for itself and say, hey, when you talk about top defenders in the country, Roger McCreary's name's got to be on that list too. Um, at that game, I just I just gave him my all there. That whole week, I had that mentality like, I'm going to crush this game. I'm going to give it all my guy. This is my last game in Jordan Hare. So, like I said, you got to play receivers different. I played um, Jameson and um, Mechie different because, you know, Jameson way faster, so you got to play him way different. And um, with that, pre-snap, like, you got to, like, understand the play before it happened. So, a lot of times I knew what some of the routes were going to do just by, like, reading off the linemen or how far they was. And I feel like my coaching staff, they helped me with that. And that got me, like, way better as a person and player. And I feel like that game, that was my best. I gave my all, and I'm happy that it ended that way because they're going to make me better as a player for the future. So, Roger, you've got a big stretch ahead. Senior Bowl, the Combine, Pro Days. Just curious if you could take us inside your mind a little bit and tell us about your mindset and how you're attacking this process and if you have any like goals for yourself in terms of how you're going to go about things and, and perform through these really critical events. Um, as of now, um, I'm the type of person that don't think so far into the future. I live in the moment. In my, the situation I'm in now is all about grinding hard. I'm going to be at the scene bowl next week, and I feel like that's why I'm preparing for it. It's a scene bowl to go and crush it. My last time playing in my city, I feel like I'm just giving my all. And that's, a, that's just my mindset. When I'm done with that, I'll have my mind on the combine then. Well, Roger, we want to wish you the absolute best. We're looking forward to seeing you down in Mobile. Um this is guys, if you're not familiar with Roger, he's, he's a top 20 prospect on the draft networks prospect rankings coming into uh, the senior bowl, which he mentioned is coming up next week. Roger, we really appreciate your time. We wish you the absolute best. And we thank you for carving some time out and talking with us tonight. All right. Thanks so much for having me. So Joe, I'm really impressed. And the reason I'm really impressed with Roger is not only the fact that he didn't play corner until he, 
got to Auburn. But you listen to him talk about a lot of the intricacies and the nuances of, of his preparation and customizing his own game to be tailored to the kind of receiver that he's going to be playing against and the experiences that he has. And he they were Auburn was really heavy man coverage for his first three seasons. And then the new coaching staff comes in, they play a little bit more zone and you saw him really take that in stride. And I, I feel like this guy's a very high level pro ready NFL corner to start on the outside and play press coverage. I agree. I think, and it really hit home when he started talking about his high school career and how he's just this speedster that just ran go routes and scored all these touchdowns and intercepted all these passes playing safety and just breaking on the ball, making plays left and right. All right, here you are. It's it's the SEC West, the best right. conference, the best division in college football. And now all of a sudden you have to make this transition to a new position, but come up with the, the technical refinement necessary to perform at a high level. And so I love that he was able to make that transition, um, not just from a, a new position, but from, it's not just about being the best athlete on the field because everyone's a good athlete in the SEC West. And so I enjoyed that. I enjoyed him talking about his preparations and his overall mindset right now, where for an NFL prospect, these coming months have to be just crazy. And he's just focused on right now. I need to be the best Roger McCreary I can be today so that I can handle myself well at the senior bowl. I want to ace the test. Then we'll focus on the combine, so on and so forth. I think this guy's got the right type of mentality uh, that uh, you hear coaches and general manager talk about having that right DNA. They're they're wired the right way that they're going to be somebody that comes in and loves football and applies himself. I definitely picked up uh, that as being true for Roger McCreary from our chat with him. Well, and and you think about, you know, beyond the – the preparation and the process and the fundamentals, but we touched on it with him, uh, the breadth of tests that he's gotten, you know, in 2019 facing that LSU team and facing Devontae Smith in 2020 and Jahan Dotson this year and both the Alabama guys this year. And I'm watching him and he's playing off coverage against Alabama and he's transitioning at the top of these routes and converting and effectively looking to undercut these throws. And he's, he's playing in space and he's doing that. And then you foil that and you say, this is a guy who can get in your face, wants to get in your face <laughs> at the line of scrimmage, wants to be aggressive, wants to get you out of rhythm and out of timing immediately at the snap. And I, you, you'll look at the resumes of a lot of the corners and, you know, you look at Derek Stingley um, and the gauntlet that he faced in his phenomenal 2019 season. But I think if you looked at like the depth of resume for all the top corners this year, I feel like Roger McCreary's depth of resume for quality performances yeah. against NFL wide receivers that are going to be top 100 picks is deeper than anybody's. Battle tested, right? There's, there's yes. no question about it. And he's, He's got that confidence about him as well, where you could tell athletically he's confident, but he just trusts his technique. And, you know, despite facing the biggest challenges you can face at the college level, he rose to the occasion and, and performed at a high level. And so another great draft dudes alum here in Roger McCreary. Yeah. And he's also got great taste in, in pregame process too. Here yeah. With look these at these baked beans. Surprise us all with, uh, 
I can't. Bushes, I original, seasoned with bacon and brown sugar. I have did not gotten even, one of the bacon bits in here yet, though. Did you even heat that up, or is that just like opened it up and just eating it? I So we recorded on Wednesday night with Roger, and um, I popped the can about four minutes before the start of the show, sprinkled some sugar on top, and came downstairs. So it's not heated up or anything like that. It's It's room temperature, but it is still delicious. So I'm with him. <laughs> beans are delicious and um i might have to start making this a pre-podcast ritual like he does <laughs> friday night pre-game ritual i don't know two plates two plates of, of baked beans that's a lot of beans you know what my secret to baked beans is frank's red hot sauce man really douse- oh yeah man i feel Just like regular- he went the other way with roger i mean he did the he wants the sweetness yeah i want uh the tang man so uh, every time I have baked beans, which a lot of times I just open a can of bushes, heat it up, and then when I get it on my plate, the Franks goes on. Well, the show goes on here on Draft Dudes. We have another great show tomorrow, Friday Free For All. Is that correct, Chris? Show Producer Chris, is that? Come uh, on, player, come on, Chris. Player breakdowns on the show tomorrow. Oh, We're doing player, player deep dives. It's Friday. <laughs> yes. Maybe we'll do Roger McCreary. Who knows? <laughs> uh, no, we won't. We'll save him. We'll space out the Roger McCreary love over a couple of weeks here on Draft Dudes. But that's going to do it for us today on the show. Hope you guys enjoyed. This was a, a really fun interview and really nice to get to know Roger for a few minutes. And a, a guy to, to, quite frankly, it's very easy to pull for and hope for all the success. And we wish Roger the absolute best, as Joe said, joining the ranks of Draft Dudes alumni uh, alongside the likes of Alvin Kamara and Brian Burns, just to name a few. So there's a nice little list here of draft dudes alumni have gone on to have success. And I wouldn't bet against Roger being the next one on that list. So Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Thanks as always for checking out the draft dudes podcast. Hit subscribe, come back, see us tomorrow. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.